0: The Team Up by All My Literature Bullshit Again Chapters four to six Part fifteen of the Midwest by Disaster Zuka series Read by Melazuko Deer from AO3 Rating Mature Archive Warning No Archive Warnings Apply. See Chapter 1 for tags Chapter 4 Summary friend group clashes, acting guilty, and everyone just rolling with the chaos. Sokka finally took his hand off Katara's mouth so she could answer, although he was halfway convinced she'd just start yelling at him again, and she glared at him a second before answering. I told you, she insisted, that I'd make the trip here to help you out while you were recovering. Yeah? But then Zuko convinced you he had it covered, Sokka replied. And you didn't bring it up again? Yes, I did, Katara argued, every time we talked on the phone. I thought you were kidding. Why would I joke about that? Katara's voice had gone loud to match Sokka's, and they were definitely going to piss off his other neighbour if they kept this up. Kathy had already reported him and Zuko to the leasing office once for inappropriate and overly loud noises that kept her awake, which had clearly been an uncomfortable thing for the poor leasing agent to have to relate back to him. But if Cathy hadn't liked sex noises, then she definitely wouldn't like people shouting in the hallway either. Okay, let's talk about this inside, Sokka said shortly, and moved towards his front door. Hey Ang, he added on the way as he passed his slim, bald-headed friend-slash-brother-in-law with the tattoos. Hey Sokka, Ang replied, clearly unconcerned with the whole sibling drama. I swear we texted you we were coming. Sokka shoved open his front door. There's no way, he said, pulling out his phone and sliding his thumb across the screen. There's no way I wouldn't have. He paged through his texts and there, unopened and somehow missed, or forgotten, were texts from Katara yesterday, saying when they were planning to leave and from today, announcing they were on the way and letting him know that they were almost the town. "'Or you absolutely texted me and I didn't see a single one,' Sokka said, holding the door open while Boomerang enthusiastically greeted the new guests. Someone cleared their throat, and Sokka looked up again to see Azula waiting in the doorway. He'd genuinely forgotten about her in all of this. "'Oh, right, yeah, come on in,' he said, motioning to her. Might as well get the very bizarre culture clash over with sooner rather than later. Azula, he said, gesturing to Katara and Aang as they dumped their stuff on the couch. This is my sister, Katara, and her husband and my friend Aang. And Katara, Aang, this is Azula, Suko's sister. Oh, Katara said immediately. Oh, wow, it's great to meet you. She approached and held out a hand, which Azula stared at with something that was frighteningly close to disdain. Sure, she replied, frowning. Katara let her hand drop, the offence obvious on her face, and Sokka knew that look all too well. Before he could intervene, though, Aang was there too. Oh, Azuko's family, Aang said, and he immediately approached and threw his arms around a horrified Azula. This is so exciting! We haven't heard nearly enough about you! Azula was frighteningly rigid in Aang's arms, her hands pinned to her sides while still holding the shopping bags but her eyes had gone full daggers and fear in equal combination. Sokka quickly caught Ang's shoulder. Yeah, not a huggy family, bud, he said, tugging him off. Ang looked at him with an almost hurt expression. But Zuko, he said, has been forcibly desensitised to affection because of me, Sokka explained. Azula here has not. Oh. Ang said, looking back at Azula, who hadn't moved. Sorry about that, I just assumed, and I, uh, shouldn't have. He gave a very polite nod. It's really nice to meet you. Azula's face was stiff and angular and tense all at once, and Sokka couldn't quite read her expression. But it definitely reminded him more of that hallway My brother will destroy you, and also I'll castrate you if you touch me again vibe than any better version he'd seen previously. And he felt bad, because they'd actually been hitting something like a rhythm, the two of them. Now, instead, Sokka had to deal with an uncomfortable Aang and an angry Katara and an unreadable Azula. Okay, so Azula first. I'm sorry about them, he said, and started taking the bags from her very tight fists. Thank you so much for all your help today, he went on, looking for any hint of relaxation coming to her face. You are great, and can totally leave any second you want. I can deal with everything else for now, and we can work on the other stuff later. Azula narrowed her eyes. Fine, she said, lips going into a thin line as she clearly tried not to show her overall discomfort and irritation. We can text. Sometime. About. More of this. That sounds great, Sokka said, smiling. Thanks again. You're being a really good sister right now. Azula sniffed at that and raised an eyebrow, but she did give him another quick nod and some vague gesture of goodbye towards Katara and Aang before leaving and pulling the door shut hard behind her. Wow, Katara said, as soon as it had gone quiet again. Yeah, Sokka said, settling everything on the counter. What's her problem? Katara asked as Aang slunk off to go hug Rang was more accepting of said hugs. Sokka did feel bad that Ang looked so unhappy, but Katara first. Boomerang was pretty adept at soothing hurt feelings all on his own anyways. Like so many things, Katara, Sokka replied, shaking his head. Katara's angry expression changed a bit, eyebrows raising in question. Aang, from his place on the floor, looked up too. It's not my story to tell, Sokka said to both of them, hands raised, but Zuko and Azula's dad was… He considered somewhat more diplomatic things he could say that offered the right amount of intensity and settled on… A rich-ass, abusive, evil dickhead. Katara stared at him in horror, and Aang literally gasped. It's a long story, Sokka said with a wave of his hand, and, again, not mine to tell but they're both sort of messed up in very different ways, but they're both trying. And, he added, considering, I think they're both good people under it all. They just show it in very different ways. That's good at least, Aang said, but I do feel bad I made her uncomfortable. Sokka gestured dismissively. Holy shit, Katara said softly, and then sighed. Of course you fall in love with the most complicated person possible. Yep, that's me, Sokka replied, checking through the bags. Making my life more difficult for myself every chance I get. But anyway, he rounded on her. You're at my apartment now. Surprise for me! I told you, Katara started again. Yeah, yeah, it was my fault, Sokka said. But seriously, he took a quick hop forward and extended his arms. It's so good to see you guys. Then, finally, he was greeted with the love and enthusiasm he deserved. A person in each arm had a whole mess of squeezing around his middle as they all hugged. He was definitely still a little fabegasted they were here and trying desperately to figure out how to wrangle this into his existing plans, but he was also happy. More friendship, more help, and more people for Zuko's party. Which reminded him… Sokka stepped back to survey them both again. So. Ah, he rubbed the back of his head. I may have forgotten to tell you something as well? Katara watched him, arms crossed. Technically, Sokka said, this isn't just my apartment anymore. Katara looked around. Wait, she said, probably just now taking in the boxes and the extra clutter, and the cat tree by the window with a cat watching them from within it. She turned that intense glare on him again. You're living with Zuko? And didn't tell me? It's new, Sokka replied quickly. It's still in process. We just decided, a couple of weeks ago. A couple of weeks, Katara said, jabbing him in the chest. That's huge, and you didn't say anything. Congrats, Sokka, Ang said, considerably less irritating than Sokka's sister, and he pulled him into another hug. So does that mean there are cats here now too? Yup, Sokka said, pointing toward the cat tree. One's in there at least. No idea which one. This is so great, Aang said, heading right toward the cat tree. We get to spend time with you, and Zuko, and enjoy all the pets at once. See, Sokka said, jabbing a hand towards Aang while glaring at Katara. Why can't you be nice and supportive like your husband? Because... I'm your sister, she said with another stab to his chest, and you're my dumbass big brother. How dare you, Sokka said with mock offence. Maybe I'll make you stay in a hotel instead. Katara gasped, matching his energy, and damn, Sokka hated to admit it, but he really had missed her. I can't believe you're living with your boyfriend, Katara said. Like, you're some kind of adult or something. When how did this happen? The short version, Sokka said. I fell over in my office chair and then we yelled at each other for a while and mid-yelling he suggested we move in together and I agreed. He shrugged. You know, that old story. Katara gaped at him. Why are you like this? Probably so many reasons, but Sokka said, checking his phone quickly, Zuko should be getting back soon, so you gotta help me hide all this before he gets home. He grabbed up all the bags he could handle, which Katara immediately took from him, and together they managed to get everything stuffed into the back of the front closet under a fallen coat. Sokka shut the door and leaned back on it. Surprise party? Aang asked, smiling as he stepped back and went to retrieve a cat again. Yeah, in a couple of days, so apparently you guys are gonna be guests for that now too, Sokka said. Fun, Ang said, and Katara just shook her head. Yeah, it'll be great, Sokka said, but seriously, don't say anything to Zuko about… About what? Zuko said as he opened the front door, startled to hear Sokka's voice and to encounter a somewhat guilty-looking trio of people grouped by the closet. Wait, Katara and Aang were here? Since when? Oh god, and here he was all sweaty and exhausted and in his work clothes, feeling completely lost. Boomerang, at least, was the same as always, and ran up to him, tail wagging. Zuko was surprised how much he liked having a dog, actually, especially one as friendly and funny as Boomerang. He reached down to scratch his ears, and looked at the group again. So, what are we not telling Zuko? he said, smiling a little. Sokka looked guilty again. Oh, nothing. It's just about... we were just saying... That Sokka missed all my texts telling him clearly that we were coming to visit, Katara said, crossing her arms. And of course, he's embarrassed at being incompetent. Sokka shot a glare at his sister. But really, Sokka, he would have figured it out anyway, Katara said, shaking her head. Better to come clean now that you're an idiot. Yeah, like Zuko doesn't know that already, Sokka said, looking back at Zuko with a grin. Well, he wasn't wrong, but Zuko felt pretty sure there was more going on that he wasn't being told. Sokka threw an arm around Katara's shoulders. But yeah, apparently we have friends staying with us, he said with a widening smile. Surprise! Zuko looked between them all, still confused and thrown off but willing to roll with it for the moment. This couldn't be a bad thing, could it? His mind jumped to soccer being sketchy with his phone, but he pushed the thought away and focused on now, the nice people here, his happy boyfriend watching him. Well, okay, Zuko said, smiling a little too. Welcome? I'm sorry if it's an inconvenience, Katara started, but Zuko waved her off. At the end of the day, he knew pretty well how to adapt. No, it's fine, he said. You guys could even stay down in my old apartment if you want more space. The lease isn't technically up for another month, so we've got the room. That'd be great, Sokka said, looking excited and maybe a little relieved. Look, it all works out. He squeezed Katara's shoulder and smiled wider. And now Zuko's home, so we should all go to dinner. You should rest, Katara said immediately. You're still… I've been resting for weeks, Sokka whined and turned his puppy eyes to Zuko. Tell her, Zuko!" Zuko scuffed a hand through his hair. I mean, he has been resting a lot more than he usually would, he admitted, although he didn't really want to risk Katara's wrath either. So let's go, Sokka said, looking around at them. Zuko sent him a loose smile. Let me change, and let's get them set up at my old place, and then, yeah, let's go out. I'm starving. See. Sokka said with a gesture at Zuko. That's my hot, awesome boyfriend right there. Zuko blushed and shook his head, but Sokka just beamed at him. So see, damn panicky Zuko brain, he clearly still likes you and it's fine. Katara rolled her eyes at her brother and sighed. Is it going to be like this the whole time? No, Zuko said, shooting Sokka a meaningful. Don't make your sister hate me, look. It absolutely will, Sokka said, completely unrepentant and grinning. Hang approached with a cat in each arm, smiling himself. So what are we doing? he asked. Sokka laughed, loud and pure, and just that noise alone made Zuko feel lighter than he had done in quite a while. Chapter 5 Summary Zuko is wrong about guacamole, Sokka loses the thread of an evening, Katara and Zuko plan a murder, and basically everyone drinks and argues and engages in nonsense. But guac isn't supposed to be spicy, Sokka argued, jabbing a chip at him. That's ridiculous, Zuko replied through a bite of food that he quickly swallowed. It's meant to have jalapenos in it, so why would it not be spicy? Because the other stuff it's always with is spicy, Sokka said back, leaning forward. Guac's supposed to be the soothing part, so I don't know what this place is playing at. Making actually good guacamole? No! Give me my mellow green nacho mush, damn it! Go eat some weird avocado toast if that's what you want, then. Sokka scoffed and genuinely considered just how childish he'd look if he threw a chip at his 26-year-old boyfriend right now, he ultimately decided against it. "'If the guac is spicy,' he continued instead, "'then everything's just one pile of spicy, and that's stupid!' "'What about the sour cream and the cheese?' Zuko responded, gesturing down at the plate. "'That stuff's chill, so everything else is supposed to be flavorful. Flavourful doesn't mean spicy just because you've burned all your taste buds off, Sokka argued. It's Mexican food, Zuko barked, ignoring his jab. Mexican food is spicy. Sokka scoffed. What about... Oh my god, Katara finally interjected. Are you two seriously still arguing about nachos? Please just eat them. Sokka glanced aside at Zuko, who looked embarrassed, and felt a little chagrined himself but took a scoop of the nachos to cover it, avoiding the stupid spicy guac. Just because you don't understand what healthy dialogue with a loving relationship looks like, Sokka said, absolutely baiting Katara because he could. I'm married, she said, rising to that bait just like the little fish she was. She motioned sharply to Aang, who was clearly staying out of the whole nacho-slash-romance debate. Sokka raised an eyebrow at Zuko. Wanna get married just to one-upper? If this is you proposing right now, Zuko replied, I will choke you with a spicy guacamole. Such a loving relationship, Katara said, and Aang just laughed beside her. If I was proposing, you'd know it, Sokka said offhandedly to Zuko, before glaring back at Katara. So, other than calling Zuko and I out for how we choose to communicate? Katara shot him a look, and Ang chuckled from her other side. What did you guys want to do while you were in town? Sokka finished with a smile. We're here to take care of you, remember? Katara said. It just took me a while to get my shifts lined up so I could take a long weekend. Sokka rolled his eyes. "'I've already got a doctor,' he huffed. "'I'm still not a doctor,' Zuko said, at the same time Katara replied. "'He's not a doctor?' Sokka put up his hands in surrender. "Ang, back me up here! I'm being outnumbered!' "'Oh no,' Ang said immediately, reaching across the steel and nacho for himself. "'I'm not siding with you against the medical field.' "'Specifically,' he added at Katara's look, an emergency medical technician and a medical student in her surgical clerkship. Katara sent Aang a grateful smile. Doctors, Sokka said, because it was fun to be contrary and because the three different but similar reactions he got around the table were almost worth Katara then launching into a very long and detailed explanation of the differences in medical professions that made him wish, just a little, that Zuko actually had choked him with the guacamole. But even with Katara being Katara, Sokka was still more than happy to have her and Aang here. Even with slightly more freedom because of the boot and actually being able to go back to work sometimes, he still felt stir-crazy and desperate for some stimulation. Which, thank god, Katara and Aang provided. They drank margaritas at the restaurant, and Katara filled them in on all the good gossip from back home, and Aang brought out his ever-abundant enthusiasm for life which led to more drinking and games back in the apartment. There were a few six-packs of beer in the fridge, and one mostly full bottle of whiskey on top of it, and they could have kept it low-key and had an evening of laughing and playing cards on the floor and been marginally respectable for a group of 22-26 year olds. They, however, did not. Instead, it devolved into quite a lot of beers and a finished bottle of whisky and a lot of wild opinions being shared, and argued, and argued more aggressively. Sokka somewhat blamed Zuko for starting the real argument portion of the evening when he suggested that UNO was a trash game and only Go Fish was worse, with no shame at all for the sins he was committing in making this statement. This set everyone off terribly, and led to a truly ridiculous game of betting-based Go Fish, where Zuko lost ten bucks to Katara, Aang suggested putting up one of the cats as collateral, and Sokka finished his third, fourth, fifth beer without realising he'd done so. Somehow he'd lost the thrill of the night a bit after arguing he could chug a beer faster than Zuko and losing. This led to soccer going off about the merits of Monopoly as a way of knowing who your real friends were, because anyone who suggested playing Monopoly was actually an agent of the bourgeoisie and should be considered a traitor to the working class. Zuko tried to protest this claim, red face and swigging whiskey directly from the now almost empty bottle. Katara gave up trying to argue with any sort of logic because she kept hiccuping instead, and Anne couldn't stop laughing long enough to offer an opinion at all. Soccer accepted this as a victory, which he celebrated by snagging the whiskey from Zuko, finishing it, and then kissing him full on the mouth, because he'd briefly forgotten that wasn't a thing one typically did in front of company, or your actual sister, which she reminded him of by flicking bottle caps at him with terrifying precision. But it was great overall, even if the room was going a little sideways and Soccer would probably have a complaint from Kathy next door again. That didn't matter, because Sokka had his legs slung across Zuko's lap and was listening to Aang tell a story about the summer he worked at a zoo and almost got pissed on by a rhino and became best friends with a lemur. This, again, somehow because Sokka sure didn't remember, led to Zuko and Katara bonding over creating an increasingly detailed and frightening vigilante plan to go after the guys who had kicked the shit out of Sokka outside the bar. You have no idea, Katara said, expression a bit feral and her cheeks a little red. How quickly I can do dissections by now. And I've got a decent-sized trunk, Zuko replied placidly, leaning back against the edge of the couch. And easy access to a lot of medical supplies. And I know cops. Wouldn't that be bad? Katara protested. But Zuko just shook his head, movements looser than they'd usually be. Nah, Nick's sister is a social worker who's dating a cop, so I doubt it'd be that hard to get names and addresses off a police database, he said casually, taking another swig of beer. We'd just have to start there before you could start dissecting anyone. Zuko, what the fuck? Sokka said, a little bit scandalised, but they both ignored him. And you've got the whole... Katara made some sort of unclear chopping gesture. Martial arts thing, which will be useful, right? Zuko hummed in acknowledgement, and Sokka looked between them with concern. Okay guys, I love you both too, he began. Aang rested a hand on his arm. Let him have this, Sokka, he said. Katara's been seething for weeks. What if they actually sneak off and try to kill someone, Sokka said a bit loudly. Then... We offer them good alibis, Hang suggested, weirdly unfazed by this, which was either horrible or reassuring. With the state of his brain at the moment, Sokka couldn't decide. And I've taken women's self-defence classes a couple of times, Katara continued loudly. I could take them. If there's anything left for you when I'm done with them, Zuko said with that same very casual tone of voice and steely set in his eyes, which was somehow more concerning than Katara's overt plans for aggression. Sokka jabbed him in the side. Okay, enough scary monster Zuko, he said, and pointed at Katara. Stop encouraging this. My boy's been to therapy, he gestured widely towards Zuko. So don't make him regress. Zuko rolled his eyes at him. I'm not regressing, he said, and gave him a wicked sort of smile. I'm planning to kick the shit out of someone, not just doing it. That's improvement. See, Katara said, raising her own beer in solidarity. Suko immediately leaned forward so they could clink their beer bottles and share a conspiratory smile, and Sokka had concerns. You two, Sokka said, pointing between them, are not allowed to be friends anymore. Yeah, they might be a bit too powerful as a set, Aang admitted, studying them with a grin. Although they'd make a cool superhero team-up. Sokka cocked his head, considering. Okay, that version I might be okay with, he said, shooting Zuko a look. Don't picture me in spandex, Zuko said back, poking him in the chest. I know that look, and I'm not doing it. It's bad enough you got me into... Katara covered her ears and quickly shook her head. No, no, not hearing any of that, don't you dare. Ang. tell me when they've stopped. We're done, Sokka said with a scoff, although he scooted slightly closer to Zuko and murmured. For now? I will consider, he muttered back, eyes heated, the harness, but I'm not wearing spandex. I'll take it, Sokka replied, and clinked their bottles together too because he wasn't about to be left out. Then Katara and Sokka taught Zuko Nang how to play a speed card game from their childhood called James Bond, which Zuko proved to be surprisingly good at. Maybe it was just because he was wildly aggressive about going for the cards in the middle, or maybe because he was handling his alcohol with slightly more dexterity than everyone else. This, though, similarly devolved into nonsense, specifically card throwing and Zuko using wildly colourful language to call Sokka a cheater. And Aang doing sleight-of-hand tricks to distract everyone from their competition-induced rage. Sokka had definitely lost impulse control, if nothing else because he'd definitely taken his hair down at one point and didn't remember when, and kept yelling at Aang to do different kinds of tricks and touching Zuko without thinking about if these were appropriate in-company touches. At least Zuko didn't seem to be complaining, even if he was still fuming about cheating and competition and his honour. Katara played Peacemaker and said she was going to force Sokka to calm down before he got hurt again, which triggered some lingering ultra-protective Zuko. Any irritation was dropped and, instead, even drunk, he sat by Sokka on the couch and checked him over for any new injuries. "'I've been in my living room,' Sokka protested, words coming out mushy. "'How could I have hurt myself again?' "'Wheelie chair.' Zuko declared loudly, which confused everyone but Sokka, who laughed and kissed him in response. God, he liked kissing him. Why were other people here that made it so Zuko had to have a shirt on and was not available for constant kissing? Sokka pressed a kiss to the side of Zuko's neck regardless and muttered something that included the words you and later and naked that made Zuko blush even a little more. At this point, no one commented on their behaviour at least, but it may have been because drunk Ang had simply reverted to his deep and worshipful love of Katara and was playing with her hair and smiling at her like she'd hung the damn sun in the sky. It would have been gross and annoying if Sokka didn't have the moment of realisation that he probably looked at Zuko in about the same way. Even drunk and a little sloppy and a little pink in the cheeks? he was still so good and pretty and Sokka's. Things quieted marginally from there, slipping instead into talking about the pets and friends and work stress and how marriage was treating Katara and Aang, and how living together life was treating Sokka and Zuko. Sokka tried to string together a comment about getting to have an amazing permanent sleepover with his best friend, which was basically the best case scenario ever. Zuko, who by this point had pulled Boomerang into his lap for pets, didn't say anything, and just shot Sokka the sappiest look he'd ever experienced. Katara said something similar about love and friendship and building a life together before leaning against Aang, who simply smiled and told her he loved her. It was cheesy and stupid and sloppy and nice. Really nice. Eventually, everyone started getting groggy enough that even the last few beers didn't help, and Katara and Ang finally headed to Zuko's old apartment for the night, stumbling their way together down the hallway. Zuko was here all loose and happy beside him on the floor in the living room, and Sokka actually felt truly relaxed for the first time in a long time. Which is probably what led to the conversation that came after. Chapter 6. Summary Sokka and Zuko engage in flirty, sappy and stupid conversation that they both might regret in the morning. Sokka rotated, dropped his head into Zuko's lap and just stared up at him adoringly, pleased to have the living room and the apartment to themselves again. Even if everything had gotten a little spinny and Boomerang looked like he'd dragged something out of the garbage while Noel was looking, Sokka wasn't concerned about any of that right now. Zuko was above him, even if his face sort of swam in and out of focus. Glad they left, Sokka muttered, because, God, you're pretty. How are you so pretty? Zuko huffed, smiling a little. You're just drunk, you weirdo, he said sweeping back a strand of Sokka's hair, but his slurred voice and similarly adoring expression betrayed that he was in the same state. I may be tipsy, at the most, Sokka argued, reaching up to poke Zuko's nose and missing and landing instead on his cheekbone. Aha, uh-huh, Zuko said, clearly not believing him, which, how dare he? How dare you unbelieve me? Sokka asked, squinting up at him and Zuko just laughed. You're lucky you're so pretty, baby boy. Baby boy, Zuko replied, smirking a little. Not sure I like that one so much. Sexy man, Sokka suggested, smiling. Hot stuff? Zuko snorted and leaned back. You can do better than that, he said, ruffling his hand through Sokka's hair. Sokka considered. Still looking at him upside down. Angel? Darling? Stud Muffin? Zuko laughed. Getting weirder. Lover Man? Sokka suggested, grinning. Light of my life? Dear heart? My Prince Zuko? Actually, don't mind Prince Zuko as much as you'd think, Zuko replied, bending down to kiss him. But also, I am drunk as shit, so that might be part of it. Sokka chuckled and reached up to loop a hand around his neck. All right, Prince Zuko, I've got one you'll like, drunk or sober. He cocked an eyebrow and kissed him again. How about best sex of my life? Zuko chuckled. Not really a nickname. Well then, maybe I'll take it back, Sokka replied trying to muster fury, but missing completely. "'You can't?' Zuko replied, sloppy and soft and laughing. "'I heard it. Now I know.' He kissed him again. "'I'm the one who's brought the great Sokka to his knees.' "'I mean, yeah,' Sokka said, smirking. "'That's not all that impressive, though. Have you seen how hot you are? I would have climbed off my balcony that first day and gone on my knees if I'd thought you'd let me.' Zuko turned a hilarious and adorable shade of red at that, and only managed to kind of stammer in response. Imagining me going down on you on your balcony? Sokka asked with a wide smile. You are, aren't you? Just me looking up at you while my mouth is wrapped around your No, shut up, Zuko said shortly, still very red, and Sokka just had to laugh. So not that impressive, Sokka concluded. Now, some of the other stuff we've done, he raised an eyebrow. Earth-shattering, mind-blowing, the things you can do, my beautiful sex demon. He smiled again. Best ever. Zuko was still red and a little bright in the eyes, and he reached out to drag a finger down Sokka's nose, over his lips. Good to know, he replied, watching him. For real, Sokka replied, reaching up to poke his face again with a laugh. If you ever have the chance to sleep with yourself, you should take it. That doesn't even make sense, Zuko replied, loose-limbed as he tried to move Sokka out of his lap. Okay, but we need water. I'm not waking up hungover as shit tomorrow. Fuck tomorrow, Sokka replied pragmatically. Stay here. Zuko grinned. I'll be back. I'm not about to leave the best I've ever had, either. Oh, I am, am I? Sokka replied, refusing to be moved or to let Zuko respond. Obviously, because I'm incredible. You're lucky you can still walk straight with all the good love I'm giving you. You're so dumb, Zuko said with a ridiculous display of fondness, and you know I've never been able to walk straight. Sokka was startled into a laugh so loud that they were probably pissing off their neighbour Kathy again, but he didn't care. God, I love you, Sokka said. Where do you even come from? How are you even real? No idea. I'm just a stray cat, remember? Zuko replied, grinning again. Now move so I can grab water. But why? Sokka protested as he was dumped on the floor so Zuko could shove himself up to standing and head toward the kitchen at least i like the view while you leave you are such a horny drunk zuko said as he paused to lean on the island and survey the scattered beer bottles spread across it i'm a horny everything you know that sucker replied still laying on his back on the floor come back give me a second zuko said navigating the kitchen with his hands groping a bit wildly in front of him why did we drink so much Because life is short and we want to enjoy it, Sokka replied, trying to sit up. Because I don't have impulse control. Because Katara and Aang are enablers. Zuko laughed from the kitchen and filled up two glasses of water at the sink. The room was quiet for a little while, just the sound of a car going by outside and one of the cats running his claws down the scratching post part of the cat tree. Sokka smeared a hand down his face. Hey he said, before his brain caught up with his mouth. You didn't really think I'd propose over nachos just to one-up my sister, right? Zuko turned back to him, glasses in hand. What? Seriously? Yes? Zuko shook his head. No, Sokka, he replied as he crossed the room again. I definitely got it It was a joke. Although, he added as he poked at Sokka with a toe, forcing him to sit up and accept the water. You never know with someone like you. It's not like we've done any of this normally. Huh, Sokka replied, taking a drink. I guess that's fair. He turned to look at Zuko. Do people not typically get together because of their pets? Or first kiss outside next to a wedding reception? Probably not, Zuko said, sitting down by him again and stretching his legs out in front of him. Also, we just moved in together, so, like, why? What do you mean? Sokka asked. I don't know, Zuko said back, looking at him. One step at a time, right? Make sure this bit works? Why would you be proposing right now? Sokka grinned and dropped his head back on the couch. So, you wouldn't just run off and elope with me if I asked, he said, again not thinking. Oh god, morning and sober soccer might be marginally horrified about the direction of these questions. But that was a concern nighttime and drunk soccer didn't give a shit about. I, Zuko said, watching him. Wait, what's happening right now? Nothing's happening, Sokka said, laughing. It's a hypothetical. Wait, no, that's not the word. He narrowed his eyes. What's the word? "'Hypothetical?' Zuko suggested, and Sokka snapped his fingers and pointed at him. "'See? That's my dude. Hot and smart,' Sokka said, and Zuko chuckled and leaned into his side. "'That's why we're hypothetically eloping.' Zuko shook his head, and his face went a little more serious. "'You know, when you were in the hospital?' He shot him a glance. I panic thought about trying to get us married real quick, just to be sure I could stay with you. He turned even a little pinker at this admission than the alcohol had already made him. Obviously I didn't, because that's ridiculous and insane, but... He shrugged. More hypotheticals, I guess. He never told me that, Sokka said, looking over at him with a smile that probably echoed the warmth bubbling in his chest. You wanted to stay with me that bad? Course I did, Zuko answered, a bit quieter. I never want to leave you. Sokka was feeling very warm and strange, but it was lovely. You should have told me, he murmured, reaching for Zuko's hand. Yeah, well, we had more pressing concerns after that, Zuko replied, gesturing. Like... You know, me sobbing on your shoulder and then yelling at you and then threatening to move in against your will? Sokka laughed a little. Why do we yell so much? Because we're both dramatic idiots, Zuko replied immediately, and Sokka elbowed him. Maybe we're just passionate, he argued, and Zuko just snorted. Passionate about being idiots, he offered, taking another swallow of water. Sokka dropped his head on his shoulder. Yeah, maybe, he replied softly, running a free hand over Zuko's thigh. But I'm glad you're my idiot. You too, Zuko said, turning to kiss the top of his head. They sat that way in silence a while longer, and Sokka's head was still swirly as he looked at the empty living room, at the odd little space that had become theirs, at what he could make out of the person beside him. Would you... want to get married? he asked finally. What, right now? Zuko replied with an incredulous laugh. No, not right now, doofus, Sokka said, shoving him again as he lifted his head. Not even necessarily to me, I guess. Just, would you wanna in general? Do you see yourself actually doing the whole... He gave a gesture he hoped somehow encompassed, legal documents and churches and cake and fancy clothes. A thing? Zuko was quiet for long enough that Sokka looked aside at him, Brain finally having the self-possession to wonder if this was a deeply messed up conversation for them to be having. But Zuko didn't look upset or shut down, just thoughtful. I honestly don't know, he said finally. The mental image I have of marriage isn't exactly sunshine and rainbows, what with my parents. Right, Sokka said, feeling stupid for not realising. Duh, sorry. Don't be, Zuko said, giving him another of his loose smiles. It's not a bad question, just hard for me to answer. He gestured into the air. It's like I'm trying to Photoshop myself into my parents' wedding pictures and... Uh, his face pulled down in disgust, and Sokka actually laughed again. Valid, Sokka replied. Especially because they probably got married in the 80s and that fashion was horrible. Then Zuko laughed too and poked him in the side. What about you? he asked. See yourself doing rings and a white dress and whatever? Sokka snorted. Yes. I'd obviously look incredible in a white dress with my broad ass shoulders. Love that your shoulders are your only concern there. Because you know I'd look hot in almost anything. Don't pretend, Saka replied, ticking up an eyebrow. But all that, I don't know, maybe? He ran a hand through his loose hair. The idea's nice, and I and Katara sure were stupid happy at theirs. Zuko nodded beside him. They were really happy, and they still seem happy. Yeah, they do, Sokka agreed. So that's something? Zuko met his eyes for a moment. That's something, he agreed. Sokka drank more of his water and then propped his head back on Zuko's shoulder. Thanks for moving in with me against my will. Zuko snorted at that and nudged him with a shoulder that'd better not be what you're telling people. Sokka chuckled. It'd make for a more exciting story, he offered. I think our story's exciting enough as it is, Zuko replied, resting his cheek on Sokka's head. Sokka hummed in agreement. I mean, yelling off balconies, fake dating, accidental cat adoption, coming out, your sister threatening to castrate me? Zuko chuckled not to mention dealing with two different types of family drama, and a bunch of mental crap, and a night in a literal hospital, and love declarations in an alley. Damn, what the hell is wrong with us? Sokka asked, grinning. Idiots, remember? Zuko said, and kissed his head again, hand also moving to Sokka's leg in a way that was fond and bordering into suggestive. Yeah, well, Sokka said, At least we're idiots together. Zuko smiled and then drained his water glass. He patted Sokka once on the thigh and stood, only teetering a little, before extending a hand down. Bed, he said. Come on. Anything you say, Prince Zuko, Sokka said, looking up at him. The lean body, the pink in his face, the tousle of hair, and then caught hold of his hand and stood too. But Sokka didn't actually head toward the bed and instead pulled him close, those simmering feelings from earlier simmering up in his stomach again. He slid his hands up the inside of Zuko's shirt, over the dips of his abs and towards his chest. His person. Right there. Fucking gorgeous person, and he looked down at the skin of his neck and the bit under his shirt that Sokka had lifted at the angle of his hips. Such a nice body. So much body Sokka was allowed to touch, and his happy, blurry brain was all for taking advantage. You're so sexy, Sokka murmured, kissing him once and stroking his hands around Zuko's sides and the taut line of his waist. Not bored with me yet? Zuko asked, and his expression was caught somewhere between joking and serious. Which was weird. Sokka didn't like it. Never, he said, tugging him even closer. Not even a little. nuh No way. Zuko grinned at that, seriousness clearing. Okay, good. So, Sokka said, stroking his hands over Zuko's skin a little more and watching those eyes, looking dark in the minimal light. Can I actually take you to bed? Not sleeping bed. Just, God, I wanna... Zuko didn't answer, but he did immediately press him back into the wall, lips at his throat and hands travelling south in a way that made Sokka's skin prickle. Everything was fast and swirly and hot, and Sokka skimmed his nails down Zuko's back, dipping his tongue into his mouth. He pressed Zuko's hips into his, kissed deeper, unconcerned that the whole thing was probably sloppy and fumbling. His brain was a pleasant blur. It was just Zuko, the taste and smell and feel of him the friction of their bodies, the texture of his skin, overwhelming and everywhere. Zuko, gorgeous bed? Just damn, you're so… Sokka groaned. You too, Zuko said, sliding a thigh between his legs in a way that made Sokka groan. Then, shouldn't we? Sokka attempted, losing the whole train of his would-be conversation. I'm not waiting to get to bed, Zuko murmured, hand dipping lower still. Sokka groaned and dug his hands into Zuko's hair, and all he could think was, yes, 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 as he tried to touch more, touch everything all at once. They did eventually, with varying degrees of success, actually get to the bedroom and into pyjamas and ready to sleep. They stumbled a bit over each other trying to brush their teeth and track down phone chargers and turn off the light, but they finally made it to the mattress and under the blankets and in the dark. It was a bit of a pile, Zuko on his stomach, face partially smothered in the pillow, but he was also halfway on top of Sokka, who was on his back and a bit diagonal on the bed. Sokka looked up at the still slightly spinning ceiling, warm and sated and pleased in his still intoxicated swirl. He dragged his fingertips over whatever bit of Zuko's bare torso he could reach, listening to him mutter and press his face further into the pillow. Light from outside slanted briefly across the ceiling, and Sokka watched it distantly. He chewed his lower lip a moment before finally turning his head towards Zuko, thoughts continuing to play pinball in his brain. Hey, he hissed. You still awake? A muffled grumble and some shifting around under the blanket was all he got as far as acknowledgement, but Sokka went on anyway. "'I got a question,' he said. "'Okay,' Zuko muttered, pulling the blanket back a little more to reveal part of his face. "'Say, it's way, way in the future sometime, and we're still together and happy and whatever,' Sokka ventured. "Uh "'Aha,' Zuko replied with a bit more clarity. If I did decide to propose for real, not over nachos, Sokka finished, would you say yes? Sokka heard Zuko rustling in the dark as he unburied his face fully from the pillow and looked over at him. Sokka, he replied, voice soft but remarkably clear. It's you. He reached out, fingertips brushing Sokka's chest and up to his cheek, and Sokka could just barely make out his expression in the dark. The bit of a smile there. What the hell else would I say? That was The Team-Up, chapters 4-6 by On My Literature Bullshit Again. Thanks so much to them for the sloppy sappiness in this fic, and for letting me record it. If you enjoyed listening, please tell me what you liked over in the comments on AO3, or come shout at me on Tumblr, at ManozukoDear. You can also find On My Literature Bullshit Again there, at On My Literature Bullshit Again. Thanks again, till the next one.